What's up, guys, and welcome back to the most inconsistent podcast about the worst team in MLS's Western Conference, Sad FC Defense Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Duell. <laughs> and that's, oh. uh, that's a depressing intro, but hey, it's fitting. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by my good friends, Walter and Joe. How's it going, y'all? Good, man. It's it's depressing. <laughs> Thank God it's almost um, Mental Health Awareness Month next month, because... Like I said before, the, the the healthcare system in the United States is not good enough for me to continue to be a fan. It's hard. <laughs> but Joe, anyway. Joe, how's it going? Um, literally everything outside of FC Dallas is wonderful. <laughs> the, the vibes are immaculate. There's sunshine. Was, the Mavs are winning. I was going to say, um, thank God for the Mavs. <laughs> yeah. And then there's uh, FC Dallas who, you know, FC Dallas is it up. Yeah, uh, if it wasn't for the Mavs, it would be a very depressing time in Dallas sports considering uh, there's no hockey. The Stars didn't make the playoffs, so obviously the Cowboys season hadn't started yet, which some might take as a positive, I guess. Um, Rangers, Rangers are pretty uh, below average, but had a fun little sweep of the Astros over the weekend, so that was fun. And then, uh, But man, the good old Mavericks with the 2 nothing playoffs. Season. I am going to the game how- Friday night. Just found that out wow. today. So how'd, so how'd you get that ticket? My brother uh, bought a ticket for his wife, and she ended up not being able to go. And he asked me today, and I got the call up. So I oh, did see man. people saying that they were getting like $10 single seats for Friday. Oh, and, shit. Like just one ticket in like the upper wow. deck on like Ticketmaster Day. I looked. I couldn't find any. People said it was kind of glitchy, but I saw plenty of people that got a $10 single seat, which, I mean, if you're a person who's fine going places on your own, that's a pretty damn good deal for a regular season game, let alone a uh, All right, shut up about the Mavericks. Well, I want to know how the Rangers are doing. How are the Rangers <laughs> doing? Sad, sad Rangers fan. I was literally just seeing a tweet about um, some guy who's talking, comparing like the ownership of the Rangers and FC oh. Dallas. The the dude tepid participation. Yeah, I had just pulled up that tweet. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what does he say? What uh, anyway, uh, so so I'm gonna I'm gonna read it word for word real quick. FC Dallas currently has five of their former development academy players in the U.S. men's national team camp. Would have been six, but Chris Richards is a bit hurt. None of them play for FC Dallas. They finished the 2019 season 22nd out of 24 teams in attendance. 2018 was 20 out of 23. <laughs> um, and it's just funny. Um, so he goes, he goes on a tangent, and, and uh, I'll, I'll retweet it here in a bit, um, so you guys can can read it yourself. This is uh, apparently, um, from what I'm being told, it's, it's a guy um, who's pretty much in the Ranger circles. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I hate baseball. I think baseball is fucking boring, but I love soccer, <laughs> which is which is weird. But um, apparently, he has his own podcast called the Diamond Pod. So maybe you guys might know what that is. So this is this is somebody who is on the outside looking in, and all the bullets that we as set of CD fans typically hit about how this team doesn't advertise to anybody. There's no real kind of identity that they're trying to go for. Um, and and then there's always that one person who's always like, oh, but our academy, and he points that out too. It's like that's always the rebuttal is our academy. Yeah. So anyway, it's it's a long convoluted thing, but it just echoes basically what we say as fans every single week. <laughs> yeah, I don't really get too bothered about like the, oh, like our academy players all leave. It's like, yeah, that's how that works. Like, that's the point. It's a business. Yeah. If, so. if they were if they were still here for their entire careers, they wouldn't be that good. You know, <laughs> that's a sign yeah. that they're not that great if they're staying here their entire careers. Anyway, yeah. so last time we recorded was the day before the Houston game, and we were all excited about maybe getting things back on track with a nice uh, rivalry win. But uh, sure enough, that didn't happen. Uh, FC Dallas tied Houston. Uh, was it one to one? And um, just a, one of those ties that definitely felt like a loss. It's just a real boring game that. Yeah. FC Dallas didn't really look like they just had nothing in the second half. It, it looked like both teams were definitely feeling it being an afternoon game, and uh, the pace of the game died for the last thirty minutes. But uh, the only the only real noteworthy things from that game were we saw a, a Shabalt Shun debut, which was surprising considering he had been here and trained with the team literally like twice. 
mm-hmm. and uh, Lucci threw him in there in a tie game in a situation where you need a goal. And he looked pretty, uh, pretty lost out there a little bit, which is you know expected if you're a kid playing with guys for the third time ever. But uh, yeah, that's really that's really all there was to take away from that. Um, FC Dallas then headed to Minnesota and suffered a very heartbreaking, disappointing, whatever adjective you want to use, one nil loss and a last minute goal off a corner kick. Mm-hmm. Um. Thinking back to a couple weeks, I guess, now, what were y'all's main takeaways from that game? I, I, I want to give Joe the floor real quick because... Uh, um, Minnesota? Minnesota game? Yes. Yeah, um, it just felt like we were playing a formation that didn't need to be played again. And it actually kind of got adjusted slightly to more to accommodate the team a little bit more since we weren't really playing with um, technically a 3-4-3 three, three, where we're playing more of like a 3-5. No, it was more of like a 5-3-1-2. Five, five, yeah, 5-3-1-2, yeah, which actually made more sense because none of our wingers on this team, Vargas nor Haddad, were really doing much when we were playing a 3-4-3. Three, mm-hmm. three, and so this would made more sense. And we had that extra midfielder with Ricardo as like the cam. But... At the same time, it just feels like we're playing a five-back when we don't need to be playing a five-back, and it just kind of leaves our team basically just playing like meh against a team that was very meh, and then they just got a goal <laughs> towards the end. <laughs> That's just how it felt. And so you're just watching the whole game, just kind of like chewing on bricks the whole time would have been a more entertaining time since it just <laughs> looked like we could do nothing against a team that couldn't really do much. And then they just got the fortune and goal because they got the extra bounce at home. And it just yeah, is Minnesota's what it not is. Good. <laughs> no, it's not good this year. No. So and far, we no. joked about it too, a couple of weeks before the game saying, hey, look at- yeah, yeah. Like it's either going to be a game where we bust out of it feeling good or they bust out of it feeling good. And you know, it's a sad FCD podcast for a reason. So yeah, that's kind of my thoughts, but I just, I hated the whole experience of it. And then the substitutions were, I guess we can call them mind boggling or whatever, but uh, you guys can get into that. Um, I mean, it, 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 they introduced Shun again. um, As a wing back. As a wing back. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And and this was probably, I mean, at this point, the game was still kind of flat. I keep saying flat. I just don't know. I don't know what else to describe it. Is it the formation? Is it the tactics behind the formation? Is it the personnel? On paper, you look look at our lineup, and really the only person that maybe kind of doesn't stand out as much is maybe Munjoma. Like, even then, he's coming to his own. But then you look at, like, you look at, Minnesota's lineup and the really the only person that really ever stands out is maybe Will Trap and that's it. Like everybody else on paper you kind of look at it and you're like okay fine like this shouldn't be that hard of a game. Reynoso. Um so yeah I mean I guess I mean that's the, I mean this year. That's, yeah. that's that's supposed to be their you know marquee acquisition but I mean even then it's not, it's not really helping that much. I like Reynoso. At that point. Yeah yeah. He's um he's what what they need obviously. Um but you know, then then Pepe comes on. Um, I think Sealy came on what in the last ten minutes of the game too. Yeah, he, um, he was it was. Late. And I mean, yeah, I mean, give the kid ten minutes. He, you saw what he did the last time. You know, he came on the field, mm-hmm. he scored. You know, almost immediately. So why not give it a shot? It's just so flat, and I don't, I don't have any other words to describe it. Um, the 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 funny thing is, um, and and. Matt had the brilliant idea of like right after the game to have a therapy session. Um, <laughs> we were talking to some of you guys, uh, you know, on the call here, um, just kind of talking to each other, kind of vibing and seeing what's going on and what other people are kind of observing themselves. It's not the way they, it, it's not the fact that they lost. It's how they went about losing. It's how they go about tying these games or end up tying these games or, you know, losing, in extra time off a corner kick is, I don't know, it's kind of a spectacular way to go out, but set of CD fans podcast. Yeah. And even the way they conceded on that corner kick was just it's, like a, a little okay. bit of miscommunication from uh, Felipe and Martinez door. It looked like 
Philippe uh, Martinez was on the post, which good. I I hate when teams don't put people on the post, and so Felipe like kind of dove for it, but couldn't get to it. Like kind of like pulled out a little bit from it, and then Martinez, I guess, thought Felipe was going to grab the ball off whenever the ball just kind of fell to Martinez's feet, and Felipe didn't get it. And then Minnesota literally just like taps it into the net from one yard out in like the ninety-first minute to win the game, and um. But yeah, like you said, it was the way that they played. I don't really think it was as much the formation itself as it was the players in the formation. Like the problem was they're playing Obreon as a striker and uh, he's clearly like a winger. But the only reason they're playing him is because he's one of the only dudes who scored any freaking goals for the team. You know, like before that game, let's see, he scored against Houston and then he scored the game before that as well. So he's on a, you know two games in a row where he had scored i think unless i'm missing it i'm pretty sure that's right yeah no he went he went back to back before that game yeah so he was in good form so i get why they started him but he looked like he had never played as a striker in his entire life which apparently he played plenty of like striker in columbia uh but he was offside i think i'm not even exaggerating maybe six times in the game and that might have just been the first half and then uh, Hara a couple times as well. Like neither of them, like could hold their runs. And then also plenty of times where they would get in really good spots to where they would break the ball, like break it up, and then quickly get it into the attack. And then just bad decisions or a bad touch or hey, you're just standing five yards offside. Sometimes it's just a dude waits too long to pass it. But it, they were that game was so winnable. Because like you said, Minnesota is not a great this year. They're, they, I mean, I think they have the exact same record as FC Dallas right now. Or as points, that's, that's, points-wise. That's, the, that's the kind of dialogue that Adrian Heath doesn't want to hear right now is yeah. how they're always the underdogs and we're always talking shit about Minnesota. Well, there you go. Yeah. But it turned out that we were the slump buster because now they've won twice. So Good old FC Dallas just helping out those in need. Uh, <laughs> you can always count on them. But yeah, in that game, you hit on it earlier. The Shun substitution was, he looked, like I said, he looked lost in the Houston game a little bit. He looked like a a lost blind kid in the uh, Minnesota game to where he had no idea what's going on. I I heard that he had played left back a couple times for his team in, in Hungary, but I, it looked like he had never played anything close to that position his entire career to where... Minnesota were smart and literally just started abusing that left side of FC Dallas once Shun came on and very obviously looked lost and just abused that left side and just started overloading it and beating him and running in behind him. And he's spinning around looking like uh, he lost his glasses on the ground. And sure enough, Minnesota got rewarded late on and FC Dallas comes away from a game that was incredibly winnable we saw obreon had that header on like basically an empty net remember where hara laid a header off for him and obreon just mm-hmm. hit it straight into the ground from five yards out and missed it so they came away with zero points from a game where they very easily could have stole three on the road and uh that took us into the last week's home game against rsl which um well on the bright side it wasn't a boring game uh, if you're a neutral or I guess <laughs> even a fan, it was a fun game. If you were a Houston fan or a Colorado fan, I'm sure it was uh, pretty good. No, wait, well, no. Salt Lake no, probably would take If you're a Houston it. fan, yeah, yeah. Salt yeah. Lake would probably take the tie. But, uh, yep, another tie at home. The, what is that, the fourth tie at home? Or how many home games have they played so far? Uh, three. Four at least. Portland, Houston, Portland, Houston, Colorado, Salt Lake. I guess four. And so they've won one of them against a, uh, yeah, against a USL League One team. They won at home, and then they've tied three games at home. And then you can pretty much count on them to lose on the road. So that's why it's such a nut punch when you drop points at home when you suck ass on the road every time. And uh, yep, FC Dallas drops more points. Uh, Walter, what were your your key or main takeaways from that Salt Lake game? Um, we need a bench Hara. <laughs> but he scored. He's or the play- man of the match. 
You you want to get into that real quick? How Ryan Hollingshead got s- fucking what's the word I'm looking for? Robbed. They, they, they got robbed. Shafted. He got he got robbed, curb stomped, and then they peed on his body, ran away, and just anyway. Whatever. At least at least MLS uh, honored him got, and gave him a team of the week spot. Yes, yeah. Well, that's, really the, the that, that's that's really the only metric that matters to me. Really, is team of the week. So, uh, um. Our best striker right now is Ryan Hollingshead. And damn, that's a uh, just play hard in the two play him in a two forward system. Just play him in a two forward system. If you're gonna try all these balls to the wall, bonkers formations, try him. Um Matt Hedges had a bad game. I'm sorry to tell you. We we kind of went over this a little bit, so I know it, it's no surprise to you, but Matt Hedges had a bad game. Um it was very wet. There was a lot of sliding around. Yeah, the conditions weren't great for either team obviously but yeah it was a lot of slipping and sliding around in that game and a lot of balls that are just flying away from dudes once they hit the grass none of them from brian acosta though which i'm very sad i didn't get pelted with the game ball so i could take it home but <laughs> or david or uh ochoa didn't turn around and kick one at you even <laughs> i was waiting for it <laughs> I, got, I got i got just a mirror's intention though that was pretty cool that dude's a legend yeah i like him anyway yeah Joe, uh, Joe, do you, what were your RSL game takeaways? Um, Two, one. You can go ahead and just start whenever, Joe. Um, yeah, basically this RSL game was more exciting than the Minnesota game, but again, the results were just meh because uh, we switched back to a four-back, which I really enjoyed. We switched back to basically a four-two-three-one, which I really enjoyed. But when players like you know. I don't want to. I don't want to mascara it, but Vargas is not doing what we need him to do, and um, how that is kind of being meh on the wings, and so we just weren't able to really take advantage of really scoring anything the entire game. And if it wasn't for Hollingshead being able to push up and down that whole left side, we might have not have had an attack the whole game. And um, I think Matt just kind of returned from an injury a little bit too quickly, which didn't never made sense to me. That's I think that was the most frustrating part about us playing a three back for so long. It's just if you have only three center backs and no reserves behind them, plus one yeah. of your center backs being hurt, why in the hell are you playing all three? Just play a four back that most people are comfortable with, that you can have that extra midfielder in there so that you can even bring some pressure off of your back line. But anyways, that's a little tangent. Um, I think on the last goal, to me it looked deflected. Like yeah. Matt was off off kilter and a little bit out of position, but it wasn't just him. I think that ball got deflected because it dipped really nastily to where it kind of looked um, – it didn't look normal in terms of a cross. Most yeah. of those balls get float, floated in to where people have time to recover, and it just looked like a dip right in front of um, – I don't even remember who it was for RSL, but okay. I, it was just one of those games where FC Dallas didn't play good enough to take advantage of the moments that they had to which a 2-2 draw was just kind of like the result that should have happened. And it did, yeah. which sucks because we haven't done anything good all season. <laughs> the first goal, yeah, Matt got turned out of his shoes by Rubio Rubin, who has been incredible to start the year for Salt Lake. Yeah. Kind of, I don't think too many people saw that coming based off of the last couple of years of his club career. He was but, almost uh, league at this point, too. He was in the USL, like yeah. uh, playing for, I think he played for El Paso. Mm-hmm. Like, last year um or maybe it was san diego loyal who are i forgot if they're the championship or if usl league one i think they're championship but anyway um yeah he yeah matt got turned outside turned out of his shoes you know he just turned around and went the wrong way and then by the time he turned back around ruby and shot it with his left and it was a good finish the second one uh i'm gonna put i'm gonna put some uh the main blame on jimmy there that ball landed like in his six yard box and he just stayed mm-hmm. home the entire time and just didn't react to it at all uh it took a deflection but i mean he's got to see that the entire way and i mean if it's if it's in your six yard box that's yours as a keeper all day um, yeah but, I mean, it's so frustrating that we, we finally see FC Dallas score more than one goal in a game, and then they also decide to give up two goals that day. <laughs> so it's just a case of we can't seem to get the offense and defense going on the same days, which uh, it's a pretty, uh, pretty bad recipe for winning soccer games if your offense and defense can't both be good at the same time. Um, yeah. 
So I'm trying to think, what were the subs? Paxton made a huge difference. A huge difference. Um, A little concerning before you jump into Paxton real quick, Mm because I'm going to start gushing about Paxton. Uh, Martinez got subbed off about 30 minutes before the game ended. He looked looked like he was a little hurt. Yeah, he he looked a little hurt, a little gassed. Um, And then Shun made another appearance later on. But Mm -hmm. Pomacall, how how did that injection of energy look? Because, I mean, he came on 10 minutes later. He provides an assist for Ryan's goal, but yeah. I miss that damn kid playing yeah, full time. He he plays with an energy and passion that uh, the team desperately needs, and I think if there w- there weren't any injury concerns or anything like that about him, that he would obviously be a starter on this team. And I said this in a, the Twitter space we did the other day, and like I know <laughs> – we all want to see Paxton in the midfield and stuff, but the truth is he is 100% without a doubt our best winger right now. Like if you put him out there, he's better than Vargas Obreon. That may not be a compliment to Paxton as much as it is a slight to the actual wingers on this team, but right now our best wingers are not wingers. They're Ryan Hollingshead and Paxton Pomicall. Those are our best wingers right now, a left back and a midfielder. And, um, Paxton came on and obviously him and Ryan linked up on the second goal and as Joe said earlier about the Mavs the vibes were immaculate at Toyota Stadium because we all thought Ryan had grabbed the late winner and then literally literally right after Salt Lake scored it was so bad that I literally like laughed out loud at the stadium and just like yeah. sat down in my chair and just shook my head it's funny because I did the exact same thing because <laughs> I was like it was, I was just laughing I wasn't really like shocked. It was just kind of like, uh, of course, of course that happened. Yeah. Uh, and then they never really got too close to scoring again after that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really the main takeaway I had from that game was they went to the back four and uh, I thought it was the best game that Munjoma has had this year. Um, he looked a lot more comfortable going forward. Uh, and, Vargas still is yet to get on the score sheet or anything, but we saw, I think he did a lot better. Yeah, was, he, he was a lot more active. He's he had a couple of moments that we haven't really seen from him so far this year, but it was more like what we saw in the preseason of just driving at dudes, getting the ball wide, taking guys one on one, and getting crosses in or getting shots off. And um, Obreon had uh, he had that one run where he. <laughs> He just like chopped and fake shotted like three times in a row from his left foot to his right foot and then his right foot to his left foot and beat like three defenders and then the cross just got cleared out. Mm-hmm. So I mean there were there were some positives to take from it, but uh just a couple of just just lapses on defense and you know, when so, give credit to Salt Lake. I mean, if you look at all the stats and all the metrics in the game, they all led to making you believe FC Dallas should have won that game. Uh, I don't know if you guys are big XG guys, but I forgot what it was. It was like <laughs> 3.87 to like 0.86 or something like that. At half, it was like 0.2 something to point. No, it was 2.2 or something like that for FC Dallas. Jeez. And then RSL's XG was like 0.25 or something like that. It was, it's stupid. I like seeing the XG because it's actually a pretty, I like that stat because I mean, it's, it's taking the anal- the deep analytics of the game and saying, this is how many you should have scored, you dumbass. But you didn't. <laughs> what? But, Do you guys remember? How was, I'm trying to remember. How did FC Dallas get the penalty? Was it a, it was a foul, right? It wasn't a handball. Someone took out, oh yeah, that's right. Someone just slid in from behind on, Salt Lake and just kind of caught. I forgot who it was that he took down. It might have been Hara. Yeah, I think it might have been Hara. It was at the other end of the field. I couldn't yeah. see who it was. I didn't watch the highlights of that game afterwards just because I couldn't be fucking bothered to. <laughs> <laughs> I usually watch the highlights back after every game, but after that one, I just wanted to forget it. And uh, so Hara scored, guys. So worth every penny, boys. I think that took his average down to about three hundred thousand per goal. So uh, I need, I need to crunch the numbers again because that <laughs> that was several games ago. So maybe the numbers about broke even. But uh, is that his first of the season? Yes. Oh wow! I'm trying to think when the last time he scored was last season. It's congratulations. Who cares? Two point two per goal this season, though. That's a that's yeah. an expensive mark. Well, we, we since we were joking about a salary, I guess we did want to hit on that. I mean, that was really like the biggest news of the last two weeks. Considering, I mean, if if that's the biggest news is the uh, the uh, 
salary drops, then uh, it's probably not a good sign because that means someone is uh, either getting incredibly underpaid or, in this case, incredibly overpaid. As it came down, that uh, Walter, you have the the numbers up. Give me the exact numbers on a uh, Frank O'Hara's contract for FC Frank Dallas. Frank O'Hara's contract base salary two point two nine million. Ooh, and then geez. drop that guaranteed. So that guaranteed, guaranteed is two point nine seven. Seven or two million nine hundred seventy-seven thousand dollars and zero cents. Y'all can't tell because this is the audio. Speaking only, of zero cents, but I'm banging my head into the mic right now. Speaking of zero cents, Frank O'Hara makes more than Nico Lodero. Rui Diaz makes, too, right? Mm-hmm. He make where's Rui? No, hold I think on. Rui Diaz on. makes two point two. I think I yeah, remember. He makes more than Rui Diaz. Yeah, he does. Holy shit. Makes more than Sebastian Blanco, Albert Rusnak. I can Jonah. He makes more than Jonathan Dos Santos. I think I can almost name all the players he makes less than because I think he was the he's the tenth highest played player in the league. Yes, I know yes. that. Yes, yes. That's so it's crazy. Chicharito, Carlos yeah, Vela, Josie, number one, yes. Josie, Carlos Vela, Chicharito, Michael Bradley's up there, right? No, Michael Bradley's not. I guess he might have gotten no. a new deal. Um, oh, Iguain. Yeah. Gonzalo Iguain, I should say. Pozuelo. Pozuelo. Is Matuidi up there? No. Here, Brenner? No. He was just a big transfer, though. Let's see. All right. Uh, You guys want me to tell you the top 10? Yeah. Okay, so you had Vela, Chicharito, Iguain, number four. Iguain's number two. Oh, no, Iguain's number three. Chicharito's one, and then Vela's two, and then Iguain's three. No, oh. Vela's one. Vela's one. Sorry, Chicharito's two. Uh, the, well, there's two. There's two different numbers. There's base, and then there's guaranteed. Oh, I'm going off guaranteed. Let's okay. do guaranteed. I, 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 yeah, I did guaranteed. Okay. Yeah, because then you're right. Because then you're right. Guaranteed. First is Vela. Mm-hmm. Second is Chicharito. Third is Gonzalo Iguain. Fourth is Pozuelo. Pozuelo. Fifth is uh, Martinez. Joseph Martinez. Oh, yeah, I forgot not, about him. Yeah. Duh. Six, not, not Jose Martinez. It's no, Joseph Martinez. No, F's in the chat. F's in the chat. Josie is seventh. Pizarro is eighth. Oh, Pizarro, uh, yes. Maxi Morales is ninth. Or I'm probably a number off. Wanyama, and then there's Hara. Yep. I think we would all agree that all of those players, for the most part, are, uh, well, all of them really are better than. Hara. I mean, for Josie, you could argue, oh, he's always hurt, but when he's healthy, he is 100% a better player than Frank oh, Hara. 100% that bitch. Yeah. But the, the win is a, it's a big I think, to me, just because it's a lot of money first. Lodero, Nani, yeah. Blanco, fucking, he makes more than Alan Pulido. He makes more than Nani? Wow. He makes more than Nani, Gustavo Bo, Barrich, Jurgen Dom. I, I mean, I'm not intentionally pointing out Mexicans, but Jurgen Dom's contract's pretty bad too. So Ma- Maxi Rudy still up. makes a lot of bank though. Maxi Rudy's up there too. He's yeah, still, Maxi he's... makes over a million, right? Yeah, he does. Jesus, Jurgen Dom's salary is straight up robbery. That's insane to me. Yeah, yeah he has not been a uh, good. <laughs> for yeah, I think the two worst contracts in the league are back to back for Frank Ojara and Jurgen Locadia. Oh, from uh, Cincinnati. I would actually yeah. argue a step up. I would maybe say Wanyama and Hara. I don't. I know Wanyama's seasoned and international legend, but nah, not for not for guaranteed almost three point one mil. I think yeah, that's, that's more of like a his position. That's a shitload of money to spend on a CDM. Yeah, yeah, but that's a that's a hat trick of names. Wanyama, Hara, and Lahad. Yeah. yeah, at three yeah. million, basically for all three is kind of insane. Yep. And obviously, yeah. you know, like part of the money comes in is name recognition. Like, Wanyama isn't exactly a guy who's going to like sell seats. You know, like people aren't coming out to see the Victor Wanyama show. But yeah. he was a guy who was like a pretty key part of a Tottenham team that was playing in the Champions League final, like right before he came here. Mm-hmm. You know, as opposed to Frank O'Hara was playing for fucking Pachuca. You know, it's a little. I different. mean, it's a little different. It's still a championship-ish team back in the day. I say back in the day. It's they still in a sense are, but it's it's just it's crazy to me because then on the flip side, they're gonna be like, well, you guys talk about you know you want to spend money, <laughs> and we're gonna pick up a guy from Pachuca. Okay, that that's great. 
that's great. Then go ahead and 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 try to sell tickets to the Pachuca fans that that were in the stick because we, I don't know if you guys were at the games that were played here with with Pachuca, there was a sizable crowd of Pachuca fans. Yeah, but where where are anyway? That's that's a whole different dimension to looking at all this. But yes, but, expensive as shit. But the uh, the the weird part about it too though is that we're obvious. Well, I'm personally I'm always more a little bit optimistic when we get a signing. But if you like, kind of just felt the vibes of the of the of around the time that we got Hara, most of the people that are Pachuca fans were wanting him to leave. At this point, they were like, "Thank you for what you did, but yeah. your legs aren't there anymore." Yeah. And so basically, and and uh, personally, I don't like to count people's pockets. And so, good for him for getting that big of a contract. Get that money. Get that money. But all of this blame has to go on our front office for just being fucking dumbasses because you're paying a aging, legless, 30-something-year-old player to anchor your club, and he's taking up 25% of your contracts of salaries to be this bad. It just It's a terrible signing. It's a terrible wage gap between him and our second-highest-paid player. It just doesn't make any sense, and it's just it's just terrible all the way around. Uh, you you inspire me to look at the next highest player, which Matt I want to. I, I want to say it's. A, I'm assuming it's Matt Hedges. Eight hundred fifty. Yeah, he's, he's, he's in the eight hundreds, I believe. I do want to say to Joe's point. Holy about shit! This, it's two million dollar difference. Yeah, that's Thank crazy. Uh, to Joe's point about the front office thing, this is one hundred percent Dan Hunt. 100% listen to Dan Hunt talk about Frank O'Hara and you could almost hear his erection hitting through the screen when talking about Frank O'Hara because he scored on us four years ago playing for Pachuca when he was four years younger, which you might think, oh, four years isn't that long. It makes a big difference when you're going from like 28 to 32. Those four years are kind of when the legs start start going a little bit and uh, the stomach starts picking up a little bit in O'Hara's case. Um, like he's, it's so clear that this is 100% a him move. The moves that are Zenota moves are guys like Tiago Santos or Shun or uh, I guess Cobra was one of his moves. Those are more yeah. of the Zenota types, you know, the guys who you can maybe flip for a profit. This was 100% Dan Hunt's move, and I'm sure he would gladly tell you about it a year ago. That he's like, oh, I, I, I was so excited to make this happen. Now he might try to be a little more. Uh, a little more like, oh, you know, this, we thought we we thought it was a good idea. Blah, blah. Nah, dude, <laughs> yeah. this is this was your soccer boner for this guy who scored on you four years ago, and you didn't want to spend the money to bring him in right after that because you would have to actually pay a transfer fee as well as his big salary. So you waited until he was thirty-one years old so that you could get him for free. And then instead of spending money on a transfer fee, you just paid him a ridiculous salary to make up for the fact that you're getting him for free. When maybe there's a reason the team he's coming from was more than happy to let him go, you know? Yeah, there was a big reason why Pachuca were just like, yeah, sure, take him. Yeah, he's a legend for them. But they were also like, you know, like Joe said, it's like, thank you. But, you know, we're ready to move on. Mm hmm. All good things Dan, have to come to an end. Yeah, I'm trying Dan, to remember how much sorry. we paid for Danilo back in the day. It, it screamed or not Danilo? Sorry, Danilson. Yeah, uh, it's. I think he was, he was at like 500k, which at that time is at that time it's a it's a lot crazy. for MLS player, aging MLS player. Let's see. So he's he's 43 now. That was 14 years ago. So he's 29. Okay, maybe it's not too bad, but yeah, that's a lot of money to splash. How about Julio Divino make? I'm just kidding. <laughs> You want, I mean, I can look that up. That's fine. Davino was close to, I no, actually, I think Danilson was more than that. Davino was the one that was like like four hundred k, which is just absurd mm-hmm. or something at the time. I want to say Danilson made over a million from what yeah, I Denilson remember. Was and that was like a, because that was like a. Well, he was FC Dallas' first designated player, and so like it was like, yeah. a, whoa, this is cool. Well, this is what we can use this money on. And he played half a season here and scored mm-hmm. one goal. One goal. Anyway. Let's uh, uh Walter, you see, you you see wanna... who the third highest player is? Um, Martinez, the, right? Nope, he's fourth. It's a uh, Costa. Oh, god, <laughs> we have to do it once. We have to do it once on this podcast, which he's playing up to that contract right now. But yeah, he's yeah. he's he's yeah. been FC Dallas' best player so far this season, besides maybe yeah. I don't know, Ryan or something. I, I'd say Acosta has been the best player so far. 
But uh, yeah, if only he could have done this last year, then uh, this team probably could have been pretty good last year. <laughs> but now everyone else sucks, and uh, Costa has been pretty good. So, so Costa's third. You said Martinez is fourth, right? Yes, sir. All right, fifth. Is it Paxton? Oh, Paxton. Paxton. Okay. Guaranteed six hundred k. Seventh. Brisson is sixth. Brisson. Okay, I knew Brisson right was under. up there. And then yeah. Jesus. How much is Brisson on? Brisson is 582. So Guaranteed. three of FC Dallas. So FC Dallas has three center backs that are in the top five highest paid players hey, on the team. One, two, three, four, five. Yep. Hey, may- maybe top that's six. why we're paying all yeah. three, playing all three at the exact same time. So if you're wondering why they want to keep playing a three at the back or three center backs with Hara starting, Maybe it's because four of those guys are the like make up the five highest paid players on the team. Oh, Ryan Hollingside is still a fucking steal to this day. Yes, three hundred forty six thousand. That man is a steal. That man, like Joe, and I, I always think about this. Joe called him a cheat code. That's probably the best encapsulation of him. He's a good bargain. Ryan Ryan that. He's a bang for your buck for sure. Um, let's see. That's one of the best. Felipe, yeah. I was looking at Felipe just because I'm curious. 176, not bad. They do have to For use a, a, they they use an international spot on a backup goalie, which is crazy to a lot of people. But I mean, Jimmy Mar is doing his thing. He's so. making more than Mar, which I think that yeah, he is. I think Mar <laughs> deserves a huge raise. Yeah, I think Mar just signed a new contract, right? So that's the thing. Jimmy's base salary is higher than Felipe's, but his guaranteed hmm. is lower than Felipe's. So. I think Felipe still just is just like an investment kind of signing. Oh, yeah. what it seems I mean, like. I, I mean, he's 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 good. Yeah, he's shown I, that. I, he's, what else? I don't, yeah. he's decent. He's he's he's, a, he's, a, he's an international caliber in a bit. Yeah, a couple of years he maybe. Can, I don't he, know. He can play in MLS. He's shown that. But Jimmy's yeah. also good. To where now FC Dallas kind of has two starting quality goalies, which isn't a bad thing. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, I I forgot what Felipe's deals. I think they just re-upped him for one more year on loan with the option to buy him yeah i think uh i think he's not going to be called up for brazil it seems like i think he didn't make their camp for the olympics so that chance of putting him in the shop window in front of some big clubs was missed out on which kind of sucks for fc dallas from the sense of possibly selling him but um for the price of keeping him though and i mean that's probably not bad if they are looking for him in the long run yeah and like i said it's just a loan with an option to buy so they could just you know Say, yeah, maybe it was a good run, but we'll go ahead and let you go. And, you know, it's not much of an investment they made into it besides paying his, what do you say, like a hundred, whatever thousand a year. Uh, I guess speaking of international duty, there is some bright side to uh, everything with FC Dallas right now. After this weekend, we don't have to watch him play for two weeks. So that's, <laughs> that's good. But they're keeping me employed on this podcast, though. So what's going to happen? We're going to turn into the. Uh, Oh, I was gonna hopefully not sad USA fans or Mexico fans oh, yeah. or whatever <laughs> podcast, but uh, yeah, Costa is gonna be gone with Honduras. Uh, Shun, if he makes the Hungary squad, that could be big for uh, maybe a potential future sale of him, regardless of how he plays for FC Dallas. If he's playing at the Euros, <laughs> the group that they're in, I think it's Portugal, Germany, France. And Hungary. So a lot of exposure. <laughs> yeah. So talk about a group of death. And uh, something tells me that Hungary might be the underdogs in that group. I, th- I think he'll come back pretty early, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, that's probably best, best of luck to Shun. Hopefully, uh, if he does make it, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, he knocks one past uh, Neuer or Terstegen, whoever's. Uh, Loris and somebody. Hopefully, he gets a cool uh, swap jersey at the end of the game, you know, from somebody really good when ronaldo comes up to him begging for his shirt after uh <laughs> hungary wins hungary wins two to one on a last minute oh, goal from he's the, he's gonna come up to him and say hey i'm a huge fan of your mls team i'm i'm i didn't see if czech republic released their roster i, I was cobra was looking like he was gonna be in that team pre-covid and then uh he kind of just kind of fell out of the picture after covid and because i've seen kind of stopped playing him too but uh Man, I, I was really looking forward to hopefully cheering for him and the uh, like, the Euros. I, I liked all the uh, I liked all the uh, the goals he was scoring at the end of last season and hearing it and in whatever language it is that they were coming in. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I follow him on Instagram and he still posts his goals and stuff. It looks like he's doing pretty well over in uh, back home in the Czech Republic. 
But uh, yeah, Costa will be with Honduras for the upcoming Nations League. Uh, the Gold Cup isn't until late June or early July, I think. And you know, since since there's the Nations League this year, it seems like all the the big teams in Concacaf that are in the Nations League semifinals, so Costa Rica, Honduras, USA, Mexico, they're probably going to roll out a uh, a B team, if you will, for the Gold Cup because qualifying starts in the fall. So yeah. they, they don't want to have their guys playing all the way through the off season and then going back to their clubs and starting the season with like playing a year straight with no breaks. So, uh, and then same thing with the Olympics. That's why, you know, like the U S was never going to send their best players to the Olympics just because of the timing of everything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but Acosta, I wouldn't be surprised if you maybe see guys like Tanner Tessman on the, uh, or maybe if Jesus is, gets healthy and starts playing well for FC Dallas, man, they could use him. Uh, But it seems like he's still a couple weeks away from returning that injuries, maybe keeping him out a little longer. I wouldn't be surprised to see guys like Jesus or Tanner in the, uh, at the gold cup at the U S that would be kind of cool to see Paxton. If I don't know, I feel like FC Dallas would are just so scared to unleash him that they would probably do everything possible to keep him. Oh, just to, just just to, just to give everybody else a shot is what you're saying. Yes, they just they <laughs> they want to keep Paxton at home, wrapped up, and uh, well, I mean they're going to play so like two of the games here, right? So like, why not just just put him in a plastic bubble and then helicopter him over Jerry Jones's helicopter, airlift and, and take him, yeah, airlift him. I heard uh, Dan Hunt is actually sharing bunk beds with Paxton just to make sure that he's safe throughout the night. And he uh, <laughs> he leans down from the top bunk throughout the night just to check on him and then kisses him on the forehead and then rolls back over and goes to sleep. Some in. Yeah. Shh, it's okay, little Paxton. You go to sleep, buddy. Yeah, he protects him from the monsters throughout the night. Uh, going back to the contracts, you guys wanted to... Joe had a good idea before we started recording, talking about some... Uh, some bargains and some uh, some busts on the FCD salaries. So, I think we we all know the biggest bust is uh, Frank O'Hara making. Uh, it kills me to say it, almost three million. And this is what pissed me off the most. As you said, tenth most. And like uh, this is something I've said numerous times over the years. Like it's not that FC Dallas doesn't spend money; they don't know how to spend money. Like you finally break the bank, and you do it for a thirty-one-year-old guy coming from Liga MX who scores all of his goals on fucking penalties. Oh god, I, that that I that ruined my day when they released those salaries, and all of us figured out how much he was making. Because I think I was—I don't know why—I thought he was making like one point two, which is still hard still to swallow. Yeah, for him. <laughs> But oh my god, when I saw he was making almost three million dollars a year, I almost threw up at my desk. <laughs> and I'm bare, like it ruined my day. I was pissed for the rest of that morning. I couldn't stop thinking about. It. I was like, dude, Frank O'Hara is making three million dollars while I'm making as much as I make to do my job. <laughs> yeah, I think that was a really fun day in um, MLS. Uh, like, it always salary day in all the locker rooms. A lot always is. But I just, you know, it's got to be crazy to be like Ricardo Pepe on the bench making 90, being like, yeah, I'm better than this guy, and he's making about 15 times my salary or whatever it is. Oh, dude, 100%. They, the players think that shit. Like, yeah. Like, MLS is kind of annoying to where they are kind of secretive about, like, exact numbers and shit, you know? Like, they don't like to release transfer value, like, transfer, like, amounts and stuff like that and salaries until it's one day, you know, they release all of them. And, uh, yeah, 100% guys in the locker room are talking about, did you see Franco makes $3 million a year? I'm like, dude, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and MLS is so, is still young and I guess in a sense, globally small enough to where there are significant differences in compensation, or at least to the point where like in other leagues, like even if you're the lowest paid player in your league, you're still probably making a lot more than, yeah. Some of the higher higher players in the MLS, and so it won't bother you as much. But here, if you're making, you know, let's say five years ago, you were making, I don't know, twenty five k, barely making <laughs> yeah. a living, and, and your teammate is David Beckham, and your teammate is David Beckham or Imagara or whatever his name was from like uh, San Jose, who oh, never yeah. even touched the pitch, <laughs> and was making like one point five million. You would probably not want to. You it would probably ruin your day as well when you're parking um, your. Uh, your 98 Civic next to his uh, brand new <laughs> Ferrari or whatever. Ferrari or a Lambo or whatever. You're like, this is fun. <laughs> yeah. 
I just I wanted to point out a couple things before we go into like the 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 busts or the the deals or and or whatever. If if you want to understand maybe why we're still playing people paying playing and paying people in specific positions, um, we brought in um, Heather O'Brien and he's making about four hundred fifty grand, which is a pretty good salary for where mm-hmm. he's at. And Freddie Vargas is at one eighty five. So if you see over yeah. the next couple of months where it's like we're playing different people at that left wing spot where Vargas is at, it's because they're going to want to play Hader at that right wing spot because they're paying him to play there. Same thing yeah. with like why we're <laughs> continuing to play Brisson and all of these three center backs. It's because we have money in these specific spots. And so maybe that's even why Shun is getting all of this playing time because they're like, hey, we made this significant investment that they still haven't told us how much they paid for him or how much they're paying him. Yeah. And we want to just um, get him exposure, get him exposure at the Euros hopefully, and then flip him. And I feel like there's there's some little, you know, home cooking in terms of like why Lucci is even playing these types of formations and playing these specific players at these specific times to where I feel like there's a lot more people's hands in the kitchen than there should be. And which is a bigger result to why we're playing the way we're playing, in my opinion. And I don't want to get too like tinfoil hatty, but the the numbers are there and we're all grown ups. We all understand how the world works, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I 100% uh, agree with that. I've been I've been trying to tell that to people who are on the the Lucci out train is that uh, you know, like sure, you can get rid of Lucci and bring someone else in, but it doesn't change the roster that he's been given. And like yeah, Lucci's probably playing a lot of yes man for his bosses because he knows that if he gets fired, he's not getting another job in MLS, you know. <laughs> Lucci is I would bet everything that I own that Lucci is probably the highest, I mean the lowest paid coach in the league because he wasn't even meant to be the head coach. He was supposed to be the coach for North Texas. And then they probably wanted tab Ramos or tab Ramos wanted to come here. And then they told him how much the job was going to pay. And he said, yeah, yeah, fuck that. I'll go coach Houston. Uh, I'm good. (laughs) And, uh, and then they're like, well, all this left is Lucci now. So Lucci, congrats, buddy. You got promoted and you're going to coach the first team. And it's probably about five years too soon. And, uh, you know, we had the, the last two years, maybe Lucci, uh, maybe he's kind of over succeeding for himself. And now is when we're really going to see what he's made of when uh, shit hits the fan. And I mean, obviously they could find a coach who could probably get a little more out of this group that they currently have. But no, no coach is going to walk in here and turn this team into MLS Cup favorites, you know, with no like additional players coming in he's Lucci isn't a magician you know <laughs> uh, and that's it's harsh um we 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 talked about this uh, a bit on our therapy session on Saturday um and, and you <laughs> you echoed it word for word is Lucci's not gonna get a job elsewhere so if you know you're not gonna get a job elsewhere or no one's gonna hire you you might as well just keep doing what the boss says and keep playing his $3 million man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep your job. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, there's a, uh, there's a lot of other jobs out there, but, um, not, not probably for him. So, yeah. and, and it's, it's very shitty to say, but it, but it is what it is. You have people like Bruce arena. You have people, like you said, you have tab Ramos, you have Oscar Pereja, you have, you know, and God, who's the, who's the coach for, uh, San Jose. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, you have people like that who are leagues above you, mm-hmm. leagues above you, um, with with you know with international history, and then there's Lucha Gonzalez. Which keep doing what you're doing, keep the hustle, make make your fucking checks every fucking week, you know, uh, do what you can. But it, it kind of sucks to be in that position. And again, it all it all goes back to who's the one cutting the checks. So yeah, it's hard to be successful when you have like basically derpy al davis as your owner just messing everything (laughs) up and i don't want lucci out i want him to succeed i just it's tough tough when you're dealt a bad hand you know as a as a childhood raiders fan that brought me so much joy thank you for that yeah (laughs) dan doesn't dan doesn't have enough hair to rock the al davis haircut actually waggless al davis basically (laughs) just you know He's just a sweaty, oh, a sweaty Al Davis. Yeah. Shit. 
All right, we can hop into the. Uh, I guess we should look at the bottom of that list of salaries for the next part. <laughs> Go down from the bottom and see what what players jump off the uh, jump off the list to you in terms of. That's surprising that he's only making that little. Uh, you want to start off with uh with one? I'll 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 do it. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like. And I, and I kind of went on this. Uh, I like Felipe for uh, um, you know a youth international goalkeeper with a lot of ceiling. 150 base salary is not that bad. Um, but then I, I totally look past Freddie Vargas too because Freddie Vargas also has a very high ceiling, and we've seen what he can do. 160 is not that bad. Um, who's overpaid? Um, my, nothing against John Nelson. And it's not much, like $3,000, but guaranteed more than Tanner Tessman. Tanner Tessman needs a bump. That kid that kid gave up a future of potential millions of dollars just to kick a ball, and he's only making $115,000 guaranteed. Hey, that's a lot of money for homegrown on his first contract. It know? is. Yeah. But what would your first contract on an NFL team coming from a history school like Clemson? Well, how do we how know much he's going to make you right he never even kicked a ball in high school, you know. Like he's got a strong leg, but we have we have no actual. I don't think anyone really knows if he oh, was actually. I thought, like, oh, I thought. See, I was under the, It goes to show you how much I know about him because I thought he was well known as a kicker, but I guess not. Well, no, well he, either he way, went to if, a camp, if, yeah, and he was good, but yeah. Yeah, either way, if things don't really work out, you can just go the Josh Lambeau route and try it <laughs> yeah. out and go to college, maybe when make he's a couple million, like. Yeah, I mean, Josh Lambo did and had a fairly successful, actually a really successful NFL career considering all everybody that goes through it. Um, uh, Numbers-wise, a really weird one that I think I would point out would be uh, Justin Che, just because he's probably never going to play a um, an MLS minute in the league, and he's only making 80 to 89K, but we're probably going to sell him to Bayern Munich for a couple million. And I feel like that's one that's just kind of like, okay, good for them. US, that's good business. U.S. men's national team player, Justin Che. Justin about Che, that? yeah. But if if we're talking about the team, I'm uh, I'm kind of on the opposite side of Walter where I'm thinking Jimmy Marr has, I think because of what he has been has played for us for the past two seasons, that 160K, I, I want that man to get paid. I want him to get a, a, a nice paycheck, you know, for those last couple of seasons. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that's maybe just an age okay. and a goalie thing that that's why he's making that much. It he is. was like, it a, definitely is. Yeah, yeah, goalies don't get the respect. Hey, I don't get no respect. Uh, I mean, hell. No respect. <laughs> I tell you, uh, that's a good point. On uh, you brought up Che. Uh, I think the reports for that FC Dallas wanted three to four million for Che from Bayern after they gave Richards up for like one million, and they still wanted like a big sell on clause. Yeah. yeah, and so they were like. Hey, they saw how quickly Richards just kind of skyrocketed, and they're like thinking, "Damn, we probably could have gotten more for him." In hindsight, and they're like, "We're not going to let that happen this time with Che." So, we went three to four million up front, as well as twenty five percent or whatever from whatever future sale. So, FC Dallas could make some pretty good cash on a Richardson native local support. Yeah, Richardson gang, uh, Justin Che. So. Good for him, him getting a call up to the national team and maybe signing with Bayern Munich. Anyone else that pops out on that list to y'all? Look at Don. Oh, wait, sorry, I'm on the wrong tab. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's a steal on that rookie contract, being one of the best players <laughs> in the league. That's why you got to take advantage um, of it. I mean, that's. I mean, that's everything else seems. As it should be. Like, of course, our homegrowns and our backup goalkeeper tend to be on the bottom, mm-hmm. as as you know we've seen it. Um, for uh, arguably a number ten, Ricarte for almost half a mil is, I, I guess, not terrible. It's pretty, I mean, he's yeah. good. It's pretty good. That's yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Okay. Uh, Jesus, though, Jesus for five hundred and fifty. I don't know. I don't know. Those are those ones know, that, that conversion, like that conversion rates. Those ones, like the homegrown ones, don't even count against your cap to where it's just like those are all just for transfers. You know, it's just like we're going to pay you this much to where that way teams 
have to pay you more when they want to buy you because they're like, oh, he's got one yeah. year left on his contract making $80,000 a year. Why the hell are we going to spend $8 million on this kid as opposed to, oh, you've got a five-year yeah. deal where you're making $600,000 a year. We better drop some cash to buy buy this kid. So, they, yeah. better, they better buff up Cervania. That Cervania's down there, 230 Oh, yeah, making, he's, making he should be back. With the data. He should be back yep. soon. I guess maybe after the international break, maybe. Uh, if, he, if he doesn't, I mean, if he doesn't get called up. Yeah, at least he. You know he's going to get called up for something. I could. Um, I don't know. Maybe Gold Cup. I no? would rather. I don't know. No? He won't get called up to like the so. first team for the U.S., but maybe like the Gold Cup team. But I don't know. I feel like. I mean, he's, I guess he's, he's he got to play in Austria. Yeah, they kind of want to see him. Probably. Yeah. I don't think anyone really even saw any of his games in Austria, so <laughs> no one really knows. Uh, I think the team managed to stay up. I think they're in a relegation battle, and I think like last week they stayed up. But uh, so I mean, I think I wouldn't be surprised to see him starting over Tessman, maybe after the international break, as he's a little bit more of I think like of a, a six than Tessman is. I think he's still kind of more of an eight, but I think he's maybe a little more defensive minded than Tessman is. So I wouldn't I I wouldn't sleep on Brandon Cervania. I think he could maybe play a pretty big part in this team pretty soon but i guess while we're looking ahead we might as well talk about this upcoming weekend against colorado uh we're gonna see colorado for the second time already which is kind of crazy considering we're what seven games into the year and uh in in colorado which is uh obviously never an easy place to play because of uh altitude and everything and colorado is also just a pretty good team now so it's gonna be a tough one for fc dallas and uh, i'm not too optimistic (laughs) I don't know how y'all feel about it, but nope. <laughs> nope. I'd be more than happy with stealing nope. a point. <laughs> Give me a point. Three-one loss, FC Dallas. Three-one. Hey, you gave us a FC goal. Dallas. At least you gave us a goal. Yeah, I did. Somebody has to score at some point, right? You know what? I'm gonna no, go optimistic. I've seen this team not score goals. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good point. <laughs> Oh. Somebody has oh, to score, right? Man. No, no. A lot of times they don't, yeah. <laughs> especially on the road. <laughs> it's almost by design yeah. to not score on the road. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be optimistic. I'll go zero zero. <laughs> That's an optimistic look for FC Dallas in 2021. Is zero zero. Holy shit! We're at a goal differential of zero. <sighs> that sounds about right. <laughs> I- <laughs> Uh, thank God for that man. Portland game to help it out. If it wasn't for that damn it, Portland, it, it, game. that Portland game, that Portland game has given us half of our total goals for the year and half of our total points yeah. for the year too. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Dan Hunt, please sell how, the fucking team. How many? Team. How many goals? How many goals total has FC Dallas scored this year? Eight. Okay, cool. So it's nice. counted for half the goals I scored this year, half the points. <laughs> I literally just said that. I literally just said oh, that. Oh, that is what you said. Um, yeah. yeah. So That's like, fine. this is why I told yeah. everyone, don't overreact to that damn Portland game. Because look, this team damn. sucks. And so... I mean, here here's the thing. Uh, Austin FC, let's see, who has less goals than us? Vancouver, Austin FC, and Minnesota United. Is that really what you want to be lumped? Oh, no, even LAFC has less goals. Well, there you go. Damn, this is a really tough time for Walter. Uh, I'll send your prayers respect. to him right now. Ninth place, LAFC. At least, anyway. in their, at least they have an excuse. Their best player has been hurt for pretty much all the games. FC Dallas's excuse is uh, we're not that good. <laughs> Doesn't quite work as well as <laughs> as work as well as our player, who is probably the best player in the league, has been out hurt. Ours is like a uh, the guy that we pay a lot. He's not very good at soccer. That's FC Dallas's issues compared to LAFC. Well, Joe, you want to make a before we get out of here, Joe, you want to make a prediction on uh, the Colorado game? Um. Well, we 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 usually punt away games, which is kind yeah, of why I think plan. Lucci has like one of the worst away records I think I've ever heard any sports team ever have. <laughs> I think I think I think it's something like four wins four ties and like 20 losses or something it's pretty bad it's remarkably horrible it sounds about right um yeah i i feel like it's going to be one of those ugly games again where fc dallas because fc dallas is one of those teams 
where like if you if to need to win a game or pass a test you need to get it like a 70 they'll they'll give you like a 65 or a 60 <laughs> and, and um ask the teacher to bump it up <laughs> ask the teacher to bump it up That's yeah and operate. so i feel like we're, we'll we'll probably lose 2-1 or uh, 1-0 or 2-0 it's we're going to get scored play. on by Kellen Acosta and Barrios. Kellen Acosta. Watch Barrios. Barrios. Acosta. US, there you go. There's U.S. Men's National Team. Kellen Acosta. Now. And Drew right. Morris is good for him. Man. I'm happy to score one at the end too, just to really shit on yeah. it. Drew <laughs> Morris gonna grab a goal. <laughs> yeah. William Yarbrough is gonna provide an assist to Michael Barrios. Oh my no, goodness, that's a, Fel- yeah. Felipe is the only one who gets <laughs> no, that's assist. A, that's a reach. <laughs> that's a reach. I'm only fe- no, only Felipe I, gets assist around here. If if I give a like a uh, an actual prediction, I'll say two one. Two one. And I feel okay. like our goal comes from like I don't know, how that O'Brien's shin guard because he was trying to cross the ball and it goes in or something. <laughs> it's gonna bounce off his knee and go roll into the net. And Hara's gonna try mm-hmm. to claim it and run off celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> well, well we, we did our yeah. best to try to keep this one pretty uh pretty upbeat and not too depressing uh you know but we can only guarantee so much on this podcast uh you know it's it's, it's a t- it's a tough time for fc dallas right now I'm, I'm still i'm still hopeful that things will at some point turn around just because like surely they have to but uh i'm definitely less optimistic about that than i was maybe a week or two ago um and uh you know hopefully hopefully things get turned around quickly and uh maybe maybe the next time we sit down to do a podcast we're talking about uh well, i guess it probably won't the be second win of the season yeah fc dallas doesn't play again after this weekend for two weeks so uh i was gonna say we're talking about fc dallas wins but probably not hopefully uh, i don't know hopefully the u.s plays well or something or mexico if that's your thing or... mexico plays on saturday yeah oh yeah the u.s plays no, wait mexico plays on saturday, this saturday night right Okay, but yep, they wouldn't dare schedule. Iceland. They wouldn't dare schedule during the Champions League final. No, they did. <laughs> oh wow. well, they at least scheduled at the same time as the FC Dallas game, bastards. <laughs> so they knew it. They're just trying to save you. You should thank them for that. They're trying to get you away from because FC, FC, Dallas. FC Dallas didn't push hard enough for a different slot. Yeah, what a tough choice to make there. <laughs> How many of those Mexico fans do you think even know who FC Dallas are? Though is the question. Cause that's what we don't want in our stadium. I think. Sorry, I just want to make one more point. I think that's the most frustrating part about being an FC Dallas fan is just when you sit back and you realize, what does this team give us? Does it is does it make like are if you go to a game is it entertaining? Do the perks of being a season ticket member were are are they worth it? Does your club care about fan experience for going and marketing to you? Do you have games that you win? There is nothing that this team gives us, and it just depresses the the hell out of me because I'm just like, why? Why am I putting myself through this? And so just to even put an even more negative spin on what has already been like a very sour podcast, like, dude, this team fucking pisses me <laughs> off, man. And it's just like, please. I, every single something. time, every, I, I've been to almost every single Mexico. Well, I've I, probably say every single time Mexico has played here in some capacity, I have been to every single game and I tweet this out every single time. There's eight. We pack out the stadium here in DFW every single time, 80,000 plus people every single time for a friendly, every single time for a friendly against fucking Iceland. Iceland. There's a lot of Icelandians here. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm I'm excited to meet all five of them that managed to live here in the heat. You know, yeah, you, you, uh, if you're listening, there's a lot of them because you can hear them doing the clap in the 87th minute. You know, and not <laughs> once, not once will you see FC Dallas purchase at least some ad space in that giant ass screen that everybody has to see. Fork out ten thousand dollars for it, even if it's only for ten seconds, man. Like just fucking do it. It Hand pisses me tickets. off every single time. Put a little stand up there outside Pass in the parking lot. Trigger. Yes, put out like a fucking... Don't bring Tex Hooper. <laughs> Don't bring Tex Hooper. I have to say... I'm sorry I have to say this. Bring out the FCD girls. I 
bet you there'll be some people that are going to want tickets for them. Are and those, some pictures. Are they even a thing anymore? I haven't seen them this year. I think they might have been a I don't think they could even afford I don't think they... Yeah, I think they might have gotten they the probably, cut. They probably paid them in, like, uh, old popcorn and shit, and they... Yeah. <laughs> Extra nacho cheese. They just got you know Papa John. Those, they got that... expired Papa John's coupons. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking last an year, old Kane, an old Kane's challenge ticket <laughs> that aren't, aren't valid. <laughs> no, but anyway, hey, they should hand out tickets because that's actually how they got me. And you know, fifteen or ten years later, I'm right here. So there you go. <sighs> well, anyway, hang anyways. in there, everybody. Uh, Maybe things will get better. Maybe they won't. <laughs> That's life. <laughs> it's my depressing end of the podcast. Uh, so I guess thanks for thanks for listening and uh, take it easy, y'all. Peace. Group peace. therapy. Peace, peace, peace. Later. Holy shit.